0: To the Feel Good Running Podcast. No matter what level runner you are, and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running related information, inspirational stories about real runners, and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch.
1: Well, welcome, runners. How's your holiday season going? Hmm? Do you have your Christmas shopping done yet? Just asking. I was actually in Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving and spending with my brother, and I had the opportunity to run the Montour Trail. It's a beautiful trail. It's one of my favorites, and I'm so glad I had that opportunity. It was a great time. My name is Jim Lynch, and this is my podcast, Feel Good Running. I'd like to welcome you to it. Well, we reached two milestones. This is the 70th episode and Feel Good Running is now three years old. I started Feel Good Running on December 3rd, 2018. Man, I really appreciate and am grateful to all of you listeners for supporting my podcast over the past three years. Of course, as I always ask, if you could share my podcast and this episode with your running friends and on social media, I would very much appreciate it. Think of it as your Christmas present to me. Yeah, wrap it up too, okay? In January, I'll be getting back to doing some interviews with amazing guests. I miss that. Been quite tied up with other projects and haven't had a chance to do many interviews at all, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that. And I have a powerful special episode to end the year in just a few weeks. Well, we are still waiting for our first snowfall of the season here in Denver. Nothing yet, but we may have a chance for a powdering this week. I doubt if we're going to have much accumulation, but it's a start. You know what? It's December and people here are playing volleyball in shorts. It's that warm. It's nuts. And as we wait for our first snow here in Denver, the big island of Hawaii, which has two mountain peaks, Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa, both 13,000 feet, will most likely get snow and possibly a foot. That's crazy, but I'm not complaining. I love running in colder temps, but I'm not really a fan of snow. So you can keep it away. I know there's a lot of people here in Denver that are anticipating snow. They love it for skiing and whatever else, but not me. Not me. I'm not, not a big fan. Each day it doesn't snow and stays warm is one day closer to spring and that's what i'm looking for hey and by the way those of you who are running the honolulu marathon this weekend should be in good shape a possible sprinkle is in the forecast and that would be refreshing because it can get warm i've run it a few times and it could get toasty but uh, i think you're going to be in great shape in honolulu so good luck and some of you may be gearing up for january marathons such as houston disney and maybe even the maui oceanfront marathon and there's a rumor that I may be out in Maui the week of the Oceanfront Marathon, which is on January 15th. Not sure who started it, but I'll never tell one way or another. So if you know me and you're listening from Hawaii, you are officially warned. But I, I, you know what? It's just a rumor. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Or maybe it will. I don't know. And keep in mind, the Maui Marathon will be held on Sunday, April 24th of next year. I was the former co-race director of the Maui Marathon, and I'll be out there uh, for it for next year as the course director. I'll be taking care of the entire course, aid stations, mile markers, medical, you know, if anybody has an issue out there, I'll be out there. I'll be taking care of everything out on the course to ensure all runners have a fantastic and safe journey for whatever race they choose and we have a full marathon marathon relay half marathon 10k and 5k and it's a lovely time of the year to be out on maui it's uh it's great so you might want to check that out it's a great vacation for sure and you can get more information about the maui marathon at maui com. that's maui All right, I am sure you will enjoy the stories that I found for this week's Running News. They are informative and inspiring. Enjoy. Three years. Wow, I didn't think it would last.
0: Searching anywhere and everywhere? Get ready, because it's time for this episode's inspirational Feel Good Running News.
1: We've all heard the saying, no pain, no gain. And for a lot of athletes, it's their mantra. But I think there's a difference between training and feeling pain due to the effort versus the pain an athlete might feel due to a serious injury. Lots of top-tier athletes are hard-charging and will compete regardless of the level of injury, while others are enlightened enough to know when it's a bad idea, not just for him or her, but for the entire team. A recent article in Runner's World examined the reason the no pain, no gain culture has been such a driving force for so many athletes across the full sporting spectrum. In running, we think of our sport as more of an individual pursuit of excellence, but the resilience of the success of each individual member on a running team for collective victory is essential. Molly Huddle is the author of the article, and she talks about her past experiences in running through pain and injury and why it wasn't the best decision. Her perspective is that sports culture is changing and more emphasis is now on the health and well-being of the athlete. Molly has made two Olympic appearances. She swept the 5,000-meter and the 10,000-meter events at the 2016 U.S. Olympic Trials, becoming the first woman in history to win both races in the same year. At the London Games in 2012, Huddle placed 11th in the 5,000-meter. Huddle won a silver medal in the 5000 meter at the 2010 USA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. And Molly was a 10-time All-American at Notre Dame University and was a runner-up in the 5000 meter at the 2011 NCAA Outdoor Championships. In the article, Molly writes about her own gut reaction during times in her running career when the standard thing to do was tough things out in the interest of everyone involved, regardless of how it might negatively impact her and her health. This was expected of everyone. And during those times, that is what was not just expected. Well, it was respected. The thing that was really interesting about this idea of racing or running through no matter what is that it is based on the notion that if you didn't race through a painful injury or any other physical or mental challenge, that it was considered weak or maybe being perceived as lazy. Or worse, not doing your part for the team. Because of this mindset, a lot of athletes feel it's necessary to race through any situation to perform on important race days. Sports provides tolerable challenges that we can grow from and that empower the person playing the game or running the race, which is the great thing about sports. The greater the challenge, the more motivated athletes are to meet and beat it. But Molly argues that there is a line at which they become disempowering. We're starting to see athletes talk about that and it's raising some interesting points about sports culture and what we normalize. Another notion to consider is what an athlete owes to their team and their fans. The question is whether performing through any physical or mental challenge, regardless of the magnitude, is celebrated. But is that right? Does it send the right message to expect athletes to avoid stepping back when they know it is the right decision for them. Many athletes feel it's absolutely necessary to show up and perform for the team or against themselves, even if they are not showing up healthy and at a solid performance level. And Molly points out that she would hate to see the inspiring synergy that happens on teams that are dedicated to working well together fade in the name of individualism. But this isn't that. There's a line at which you can ask too much of yourself. An athlete with no boundary can become weaker because they don't stop before damaging something or burning out. In my own experience, I've seen several gifted runners, not Olympic bound, not part of a team, individuals, but they are naturally fast. They push themselves so hard, they end up injured. I have one personal friend that was an amazing runner. He had one speed. Fast, But he seemed to get injured quite a bit, and once he felt better, would push himself again to the max, fast. His last injury ended his running days for good. Such a shame. I could tell you many more stories of runners that spend more time injured than actually running. So back to the no pain, no gain culture and additional adage, which is taking one for the team. These concepts have been so deeply ingrained that it will take a long time and a lot of effort to completely change. However, a lot of athletes are standing up and taking charge of their bodies and focusing on their overall well-being. We saw it this summer at the Olympics by the courageous actions of Simone Biles. Athletes are starting to model a different approach. The idea that taking one for the team could be in the form of a top performance due to top physical shape is gaining momentum. Sometimes taking one for the team might mean sitting it out. I know, hard for athletes to do, but maybe this is the best choice for the best possible outcome. Molly sums it up by stating I hope we're becoming more interested in what healthy talents, strengths and tools you can bring instead of what you're willing to lose or damage I think we're starting to see how admitting that those strengths and skills aren't indestructible and it isn't a weakness. I think we're also starting to realize that by admitting what and where our boundaries are in sport at any level we're able to play the longer game and that's in running too it's a smarter one, a healthier one, and I'm good with glamorizing that. I've included a link to Molly's article in the show notes. Take a few minutes to read it in detail. She tells some pretty alarming stories about some of the physical pain she suffered through and what she thought was the best interest of the team. I think you'll find her perspective thoughtful, and the ideas she talks about are gaining momentum among some top athletes. Check it out. A lot of us set goals, and some of us hit them, and some of us, well, let's just say adjust them. I personally seem to be doing more adjusting of my running goals than hitting them these days. But for one man, the lofty goal of running marathons into his 90s is not too far off into the future. Meet Mike Kasimoto. He is a 72-year-old engineer who lives in Manoa, Hawaii. He started running marathons years ago, and he is currently training to run the Honolulu Marathon next Sunday. It's not his first time. He's run Honolulu nine times, and the first time was 20 years ago. One of Mike's keys to success is consistent training. His philosophy and his way of avoiding nerves is based on discipline training. He says it's simple. If he goes into a race knowing he put in the time, effort, sweat, pain and consistency, he'll finish with a solid time and feeling great. It works for him as he has avoided injury and has been able to complete 29 marathons during his running career. Each week leading up to the race, he maintains a comfortable pace that allows him to be able to speak to his running partner rather than at a faster marathon pace. He then works his way up to a 20-mile training run at a reasonable pace just before race day. Mike says a marathon isn't an easy thing to do, but if you train, you recover relatively fast in a few days. Back when I was consistently running marathons to reach my 50 state goal, I could actually recover in less than a week. It was doable for me at that time because I had a strict training program and followed it to a T. Not all of Mike's races have been easy. In fact, he recalls his worst race was the very first time he ran the Honolulu Marathon 20 years ago. He blames his poor performance on his lack of training. He didn't follow a standard training formula, and it was absolutely evident during and after the race. He reflects back and says, turned out I wasn't in shape. I hadn't trained, and it turned out to be a terrible marathon. Well, I've been there. But the 72-year-old didn't quit. In fact, this year's Honolulu Marathon will be his 30th marathon, which includes marathons in Boston and Portland. On the other hand, his best race was Grandma's Marathon in Minnesota in 2005. He said, you just have to trust the training that you've done, and usually it'll allow you to pace and run a decent marathon. To sum it up, the moral of the story is training, and Mike's training formula is working and he expects it to carry him through to meet his goal of running marathons until he's in his 90s. When asked about his goals, he laughed and said, I hope I can stay in good health and keep going until I'm 95. Well, Mike, I'm pulling for you that that goal becomes a reality. So check out the show notes for a link to the article from Oahu's k Channel 2, along with a video. And it's really good to see the Honolulu Marathon back. This is the first major running event in Hawaii since the beginning of COVID. Wow, what an inspiration Mike is, right? And along with a truly lofty goal, and I hope you do very well in the Honolulu Marathon. Good luck, my friend. By the way, I'm not going to adjust my goal to run a marathon when I'm 90. Just isn't in my cards, but I can certainly adjust my goal that I'll still be running when I hit 90. That would be so cool, I think. I love stories about runners who overcome impossible odds to pursue their goals. They continually renew my faith in the power of getting out there and pounding the pavement. And these stories inspire me to be a better person both inside and out. I recently read about an extreme case of overcoming the odds. And I want to tell you this story about a guy named Jeff Kaplan. He was never a serious runner and signed up to run his first marathon back in 2016 on kind of a wimp. He didn't train and wasn't that into it, and in fact, he told his sister Jen after the race that he'd never run another marathon again, just wasn't thrilled with it. It was the Bay State Marathon in Lowell, Massachusetts, and he finished in 4 hours and 19 minutes. Not bad for not really being into it, right? Well, as we all know, things change, and for Jeff, the change altered who he was as a person. In 2018, he was 27 years old and kind of floundering. He was between jobs and pondering a cross-country move, yet in all the uncertainty, something inside him stirred. Jeff needed something solid to focus on, so he pledged to run the 2018 New York City Marathon with the Team for Kids Charity Group. He started training and set a goal for the marathon and also fundraising goals for the charity group. He was living in Boston at the time, and one day in September 2018, he headed out for a training run, a run that would alter his life. While running, he was hit by a car and sustained a massive brain injury. The vehicle was reportedly doing 37 miles per hour and didn't stop. Jeff hit the hood. He also hit his head on the windshield, then bounced off the car and hit his head again as he landed on the pavement. He was rushed to the hospital and the doctor started treating the traumatic brain injury by performing a craniectomy to relieve pressure on his brain. A craniectomy is a neurosurgical procedure that involves removing a portion of the skull to relieve pressure on the underlying brain. Well, doctors weren't sure if he would make it through the following 24 hours. And if he did, it was likely he would remain in a vegetative state for the remainder of his life. Can you imagine? Jeff stayed in the hospital in Boston for 35 days total, then transferred to Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital in nearby Charlestown. He returned to the hospital in Boston for another surgery called a cranioplasty, in which surgeons replaced his missing skull bone with plastic. During his 45 days at Spalding, he started relearning everything, how to talk, eat, and walk. Now a 3D printed piece of plastic protects his brain. He's relearned one step and single leg balance at a time to walk and then to run. He does this with longtime friends and family, including his trainer Hank DeGroat and his sister Jen, and a whole new running community. He started his journey to rehab with Hank and a team of therapists, and within weeks, he knew what he had to do, return to run the New York City Marathon that fall. From early spring onward, Jeff focused on the race. However, because of the brain injury, he had a limited sense of space and sight to his left, which inhibited his ability to use his left arm. So Jeff started intensive rehab, including brain therapy apps, neurofeedback, and yoga. And he continued with Hank for strength, muscle conditioning, and massage therapy. Jeff started running on the treadmill indoors and then graduated to outdoor routes with Hank and his sister Jen. They built up mileage weekly until Jen and Hank felt confident they all could go the distance. But running and completing the 26.2 marathon was a source of anxiety for all of them. And on race day, they knew that so much can go wrong during a marathon. And that idea was a million times worse for Jeff. Yet through the fear and anxiety, his sheer will prevailed. And as the miles passed in the New York City Marathon that year, he realized he would make it to the finish line. And he did. In six hours, eight minutes, and 48 seconds. Yep, you heard me right, runners. Six hours, eight minutes, and 48 seconds. Think about it. He almost died in a tragedy. His surgeons didn't think he'd make it. And just over one year later he completed the 2019 New York City Marathon. And on September 14th, 2020, two years after his accident, Jeff, Jen, and Hank ran the virtual Boston Marathon in Boston, actually, on the course, at a time of 5 hours, 39 minutes, and 25 seconds. And he keeps going. In September of this year, he ran the half marathon by the sea in Lowell, Massachusetts, and did it in a time of one hour, 56 minutes and 18 seconds. That's an 8.52 pace. Talk about knocking down his time. And in October, yep, this past October, Jeff completed the Chicago Marathon with his sister Jen in four hours, 56 minutes and 39 seconds. Just simply amazing. Well, more than anything else though, Jeff wants to help as many people as possible through running, writing, and other pursuits, something he says the old Jeff wouldn't have considered. Jeff said, I don't know my next steps. Hell, I'll probably not know what I ate today, tomorrow. But if traumatic brain injury survivors, runners, doctors, or anyone else can gain just a tiny piece of hope or inspiration out of my recovery story, and it benefits or touches them, this has all been worth it. Well, I'll tell you, runners, Jeff truly inspires me. His story is heartwarming, incredible, and his spirit is unbeatable. I'm in awe of what Jeff accomplished. And I know all of you that are listening are, and other runners that read this article are too. Whatever Jeff's future goals he may have up his sleeve, I know he will crush them all. Check out the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com for this episode and you can read his complete story. It's pretty amazing. Jeff, thank you so much for inspiring us all. Wow, runners, those were some great stories for this episode. I really hope you got something out of each of them. They're always so inspirational, and I love bringing them to you. All right, it's time for this episode's quote. But instead of a quote, I want to share the following that I found that Jeff Kaplan wrote. It's called Running for Attention, and it's a simple poem he wrote that refers to his accident. It goes like this. Five seconds I look 15 miles in the rear. Five seconds I'm heading home, this training's sincere. Five seconds I'm in a crosswalk, I'm in the clear. Five seconds I see my apartment complex, my home is near. Five seconds. 27 years five seconds the Jeff I once was disappears five seconds my blood and my tears five seconds a new life unknown fear five seconds I'd like to read that to you one more time five seconds I look 15 miles in the rear five seconds I'm heading home is training sincere Five seconds, I'm in a crosswalk. I'm in the clear. Five seconds, I see my apartment complex. My home is near. Five seconds, 27 years. Five seconds, the Jeff I once was disappears. Five seconds, my blood and my tears. Five seconds, a new life, unknown fear. Five seconds. Wow. So simple, but powerful. Jeff just keep moving forward you're pretty awesome you can find Jeff's poem in the show notes for this episode at feelgoodrunning.com All right, runners that's it for this episode number 70 wow and our third anniversary now I want to again thank you for your support and I would be ever so grateful if you could share this on your social media platforms mean a lot to me and right remember it's Christmas present wrap it with a bow Well, we are in the heart of the holiday season. And this Wednesday, my running group, Runner's Edge of the Rockies, is doing the annual holiday lights run in downtown Denver. We meet at the Ale House in Highlands at 6 p.m. and then run through downtown past all the amazing lights. And afterward, we'll all hang out, have some beverages and maybe some food and just uh, do some socializing. It'll be a lot of fun. So if you're listening here in Denver or close by Denver or just visiting Denver, feel free to join us. Again, it's at the Ale House at 6 p.m. this Wednesday. And you'll know who we are because we'll all be dressed as runners. Now, runners, the holiday season is a special time of the year, a time to connect with those in our lives and a time to be kind to others, even if some are not kind to us. It's the right thing to do and good for the heart, mind, and soul. Happy holiday season to each and every one of you. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running it is sure to make you well feel good